following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. May it, may it ever be so janky. Oh wait. For all of our joking about the television yesterday. Oh, boy. Uh, we do have, by the way, baseball on the tube this afternoon. Looks good to crisp. Crisp. Very yes, crisp there, there you clear. go. Yes, exactly. I'll tell you what. I mean, it, you know, and if I need to turn the volume up, I know exactly what button to push. Uh, yes. To big y- y- yes, you do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hi, Troy Coverdale. Dave G with you today. Mitch was in Kansas City earlier today. That would be Mitch Fortner. And he has a lot of stuff for us to get to from Big 12 Media Day today. Yes! Including Scott Drew. Wow. Including, if we really want to, Bill Self. Hmm. Including some of the K-State's players. In fact, all three that were on hand today. We'll get to the newcomers in our second segment. But highlighting the day, of course, K-State head coach Jerome Tang. Working with a group... Now, what, a total of, uh, yeah, you know, about 19 days. Wow. You know, it's nice to know when you send someone on assignment, they do what (laughs) they're supposed to. I thought, oh, this guy, he's going to be like, oh, sorry, got held up over at the whatever. Uh But no, he did did work. And and I'm sure he got Whataburger out of it. Oh, yeah. So I I, I think that that's a given. One track mind. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) So... One of the things about normal uh, media days is that they released the preseason poll. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 usurped that themselves by going ahead and releasing that a couple of days ahead of time. And that was a topic that Mitch addressed with K-State's new head coach. Going back to where you're at a Catbackers event, and you had mentioned it was like kind of during a lull during the, the recruiting during the summer. You had mentioned you still want four guys that can play 30 minutes a game and score in double figures. After you're done with this class, you have your full roster. Do you feel like you have those four guys? Uh, yeah, I do. I think we've got at least four guys who can get double figures every night. And, um, you know, the, the goal, though, down the road is to have six that can do that. that, that that's the goal. So, uh, but, but with this team, I believe we have at least four. You feel like... Keontae Johnson, adding him was the exclamation point to the recruiting class? Um, you know, I I don't want to put that kind of a pressure on I think, I think Keontae is a, a, he's a definitely a special talent, right? And it's going to take him a little time. Uh, I think he's one of a group of about eight guys who like are going to give us a chance to to, to win on any given night. Well, I, I would love to take the time and ask you about every individual player. Just don't have that kind of time, of course. But as we sit right now, a couple of weeks out from that first, that only exhibition in the season really getting underway where you're playing in front of people, do you feel like you have a starting five yet? Or are you still in that area where you, you mentioned the eight guys, you just don't have the, the true starting five yet? Yeah, you know, I, I don't get caught up in starting five Um Let's say we got to figure out are we in an eight-man rotation, a nine-man rotation, a ten-man rotation, and if that is the case, uh, you know, to me, 
it's not about who starts the game, it's who ends the game, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And that's, that's what I'm looking for. What, what group is going to give us the best chance to, in the last five minutes of the game, be able to win the game, you know, and in, in the close games. And, you know, games that you're just more talented than, you know, you, you run away from, it doesn't matter who plays the last five minutes, right? So I'm thinking about the, the grind of the Big 12 and, and developing a, a eight-man starters, you know, eight starters, you know, because if you only have five starters and then everybody else is subs, then, you know, then your team is not as good. And so my goal is to get us to where we have eight starters. Well, it's all new players to you, but at K-State, it's 11 new players with two returners. And the Big 12 coaches decide to vote K-State to finish last. But what was your reaction to that towards the team? Uh, it was expected. I mean, it was. You know, we got two guys coming back. We have less rebounding, less, you know, offense, less, you know, I mean, it's just a brand-new coach and, a, you know, so, so I mean, the where we got voted, if that is what motivates guys to do better, and right, then it's going to wear off at some point in time. So our, our goal, I, I hope we have a bunch of guys who have some internal motivation to be the very best and to, and to go out and, you know, because they have a, a bigger why than, you know, nine coaches that they don't know voting them where they're at. And so did we, hey, fellas, y'all see this? Of course, you know, but now it's what we got to do every day in order to, because it's the poll in March that matters more than this one. So it's it used in any way as bulletin board material? I mean, it's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you didn't have to, to do it, but we, we did make the guys that they saw it. Is Marquise Noel the leader of this team, as in, like, the guy who's already been here, he's last year of eligibility, and uh, you know, be the one that kind of take the reins of the team so far, or has it been somebody else? No, nah, well, we, we we have the saying: if you see something, say something, you know. And we expect all of our guys to hold each other accountable, and that that's just what it is. It's not going to be a one person thing; it's going to be a team thing. And uh, you know, I I hope. And I believe that we've recruited a group of guys that um, are not afraid to hold each other accountable because they understand what winning is. You know, I mean, got eight state championships on our roster. We've got three different guys that played in the NCAA tournament. One's got an ACC championship. The other one played in the Elite Eight. You know, so we've got guys who have, you know, done some things. So, so we want all of our guys to hold each other accountable and not rely on one person to set the tone. I've been very impressed with you know the way you've interacted with the students uh, in a variety of ways, from filming the intro video to hang with Tang. I love all of it. It's been great social media. Are these ideas all coming from you, or have you been working with K-State to come up with brainstorming ideas on how to connect with the fans and, and make you know, K-State you know, more noticeable on social media? I, I, I'm not that smart. There's a great group of people at K-State, both on our staff, uh, Dream Dowlin, who is unbelievable with social media. Uh, Ari over with student marketing is terrific. She came up with the purple couch idea and the hang with Tang. And, you know, there's, there's a crew over there that's doing all of that, and they're just making me look good. All right, I've heard a couple of rumors about some things coming back. you mind if I run through them real quick with you? Go ahead. Sandstorm. That's, that's the plan. Okay. That's the plan. Also the tunnel dance. Oh, yes. 
tunnel dance. I, I, I would imagine Curtis Kelly. Had, I, had I, I was thinking that we leave um, um, Will. Will Spradling. Spradling. Yep. Uh, came by practice the other day, right? Now I've seen some videos, and it looked like everybody got super hype when Will danced. So I was like, Will, you, you might need to kick this whole thing off, you know, and let, let's go. And he, he's, I think he's a high school coach at St. Mary's. Yep. You know, not too far up the road. Hey, get Will and Kurt back and let them kick it all off, and, and then we get going from there. Uh, are you going to dance with him? <laughs> if you say no, I have an idea for you. Uh, I I, you know, I, I I think I'm a good dancer. Uh, usually that means that you're not very good if you think you're good at something. So, I think you should be in the first one. Okay. And I have the idea where you are, everybody's like, you see the team, right? But you're in the middle. You kind of part the seas and you kind of lead it off. <laughs> and maybe that could be like your way of leading the team on the floor, but for the first time and let uh, the players do it after that. I you got know? you. I like it. We're going to. I'm, I'm going to run that by the, 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 the creative people who yeah. come up with these decisions and, and see what they think. Well, back to, back to Sandstorm for a moment. Um, you know, you, you talked at Purple Power Play about the chant, um, and then your first game, second game, you're out there in front of the student section trying to get the KSU chant start, and it's, it's worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm, for one, very impressed with that. With the part of bringing Sandstorm back was the Mizzou game, was that kind of a test run, even after, you know, Frank Trace mentioned about Wabash and, and maybe potentially taking that away of, of letting you know that, okay, things are changing, we can bring it back? You know, um, I just feel like the student body uh, and the leaders of the student body, all the sororities and fraternities and different organizations on campus, they, they've embraced the idea of not letting that school up the road steal one of our traditions. And, you know, you know, Wabash is one of our traditions and Sandstorm is something that we got started. And it was about us. It was about KSU. It wasn't about anybody else. And we want to keep it about that. And so our students have embraced that idea. And I see it, you know, going into basketball season. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm real, real thankful that our, our students did embrace it the way they did. And I think, uh, there are going to be some other things that we're going to do that uh, our students are going to love, and we're going to—they'll—they'll they'll remember this. This class, this group of students, will be remembered as the students that saved Wabash and brought back Sandstorm. I got a couple of things I want to do. What I call it housekeeping. Just okay. a couple of things. So I'm actually your public address announcer at the oh, games. Oh, okay. Um, and so I'll do all the fun announcing for you during the games. Um, how do you want the starting lineups announced? Do you want to like guards, forward, center? Youngest to oldest? Man, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever? Really, yeah, I don't really care. Okay. Talk, talk to Austin Carpenter. He, okay. He, him and Jareem will figure that out. Well, another thing. Do you want your name mentioned after? Uh, no. I, 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 don't, don't care? It's not a big deal. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. I'll talk to Austin. We'll, yeah. we'll maybe work something out. Uh, okay. Last couple of questions here, just some fun ones that I've been asking all the coaches, and also one from Chris Beard specifically. Uh, the first one is, do you remember the first piece of music you ever owned? So you think I'm that old that I would have owned uh, an LP? I, I was worried that you might only have, like, MP3s or something, you know, like an iPod, <laughs> and you just kind of roll with that. Uh, heck, I'm even old <laughs> enough to own a cassette uh, for my first piece of music. No, I, I actually... Um... Uh, we we had an a record player mm-hmm. and 
my parents would play music on there, but I don't, I can't recall what's the, the, the one that I remember the most was uh, uh, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, because we played that all the time. And then it chipped, and so we couldn't play the first song. We'd have to start it with the second song. Do you remember what the first song was? Um, nah, I, I don't remember what the first song was. It was a really good one, though, because one we could, you could dance to, because I remember... We had a party at the house, and a kid said, hey, hey, play, play the first song. I was like, I can't. It's chipped. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. It's Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Don't Stop Till oh, You Get that's, Enough. Oh, that's a tough one to lose, <laughs> yes. to be quite honest with you. <laughs> so the Chris Beard question was, we just got talking about the movie Footloose, mm-hmm. and he was wondering if you knew a song off the Footloose album that wasn't Footloose. No, nah, I can't tell you I was a big Footloose yeah. guy, you know. I have my own Kevin Bacon story, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Yeah. Don't know any Footloose songs. Well, to wrap up, um, just the excitement level right now. I, you're still two weeks out, but just to be in front of fans for the first time, and I'm sure you'll get a little bit nervous as we get close. I, who wouldn't? Um, but I, I'm sure you're just eager to get out there and coach that first game. Man, I, I'm excited to see our guys you know, compete against somebody else, and I'm excited to see the student body. Uh, they've been so incredible to me, and um, you know, I, I I remember seeing them tear the stuff up, toss yeah. it in the air, and uh, it'll be kind of cool that it's going to be for us, you know, and I get to be a part of it. Well, it gets real when you hear the bring on the cats and the Kill Bill music coming, but I, I cannot wait for a couple of weeks in that first exhibition. It's going to be so much fun to watch this team play some great basketball. But Coach Tang, greatly appreciate your time and good luck this year. Uh, thank you very much. Jerome Tang earlier today with our own Mitch Fortner at uh, Big 12 Media Day. So he has a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon story. You know, and that story, something tells me it's not a good story. <laughs> he kind of left it the, the, out there the, like... The reaction was a little off, I wasn't was. it? Uh, like, All right, this guy's got some dirt maybe on well, Kevin we, Bacon. We've got ourselves a mystery to yeah. dig into now. Oh, boy. Oh, look out. Kevin Bacon line one. <laughs> He's got a Jerome Tang story uh-huh, is what it is. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, my God. Uh, speaking of line one, we'll be joined coming up in the next half hour by Mitch Holtus, the voice of the Chiefs on line one as we talk about the Chiefs and Bills from this past weekend and the matchup with the 49ers. And he reminded me of something key as we go into that conversation. Niners are playing some defense, Ooh-wee. and we will dig into that with Mitch coming up. But more from Media Day when we continue as we get Mitch's, Mitch Fortner's, too many Mitch's, Mitch Fortner's uh, sit down with Naquan Tomlin and Keontae Johnson, two newcomers for the Cats. That as we continue on the game. What are you digging into over there? I was reading about the uh, what's it the, the the king that had the stutter really bad, um, the Duke of York, mm-hmm. later to be called King George the Sixth. Mm-hmm. Bad stammer. Yes, very bad. I that there's that movie about the it. King's Speech. Yeah, yes. I've never seen it. Is it oh, pretty okay. good? Yeah, it is. It is. I want to check that out. So I want to check that out. See, that's not what I would have thought you were you, looking at. You thought I was doing... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just was curious. I wasn't wasn't where I thought you were going. That's what you get for testing my gangster. Okay. Have you seen the? Uh, have you seen the tease thus far for the uh, Hulu miniseries Welcome to Chippendales? <laughs> no. Kamani Najil uh, is starring in it, and it's about the guy who founded Chippendales. And for those who don't know the story, he hired a hitman. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the original story regarding Chippendales is pretty damn sorted. Wow. And he's at the center of it. And so uh, it actually looks pretty good. That's going to be awesome. Oh, my God. It really actually looks pretty good. Wow. Um, But, yeah, when you realize that he had a hitman trying to kill off other club owners, (laughs) um, his partner, uh, yeah, and wound up. Committing suicide himself oh in prison. God. So yeah, dude. Wow. Welcome to Chippendales. You Welcome said? to Chippendales. Oh my God. So yeah, that that showed up in my timeline today, and I'm like, intriguing. Jeez. Well, you, you know, you just think like Chippendales. The story behind it can't be just. Yep. I had a really good idea, and it worked out, and everybody got rich, and then we went home. You know it's got to be some oh, sleazy, course. weird, of like course. Founder. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's there, there's ties to Playboy. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in it. So, jeez. Yeah. Oh, that that's funny. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you definitely get you off your game with that <laughs> one. Uh, speaking of off your game, Keontae Johnson has sat out the last two years after a great start to a college basketball career, one that saw him performing well as a freshman at Florida. One that saw him, in fact, named to the preseason All-SEC team that next year is sophomore year. But heart incident forced him out of the game for the last two years, and he's getting ready to come back. He was among the group that was on hand at Big 12 Media Day earlier today. Mitch Fortner caught up to him. Does everybody mispronounce Norfolk, Virginia? Yes, they do. It's called Norfolk. Like you don't, everybody. Sounds like you're cussing, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> everybody says Norfolk. Yeah, everybody like Norfolk, but like if you're from, like it, that's the proper way. But if you're from like Norfolk, you would say like that. You don't really say the R. How do you feel about Manhattan so far? What's it like in the uh, Midwest? I love it. Just real cold, real cold. Just trying to adjust to that. But everything else, um, fan base is great. See us, they take pictures, talk to us. Um, real kind. I see why you call it man happiness. Um, coaching staff, players, everybody just treats you like you a family base. So it's been a good experience. I'm sure, uh, obviously, in, in Gainesville, you wouldn't get any snow. But uh, in Norfolk, would you get much? Yeah, um, I've seen snow before. Uh, it don't really snow as much, but it's it might snow like once every two, three years maybe. I don't know the last time it snowed in Norfolk. I went I went with the baseball team one time to Norfolk, and I, I loved it there. I went out a couple nights, and I had a, a lot of fun. Is that area where, the, like, there's a bunch of bars and, like, there's, like, a rodeo bar and stuff uh, like that? Yeah, probably downtown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, oh, yeah. like, went to a rooftop bar. It was awesome. Yeah. Is there one thing about home you miss other than family? Um, Yeah, family, friends, my girlfriend. Probably, that's probably about it. I really, I mean, just, a, just like, getting the experience of the support back in your city. Just knowing everybody rooting for you and just, just the right, like, circle around you. You got to be chomping at the bit as as much as anybody to get back out and actually compete com- competitively in a game because it's been almost two years. I'm yes. sure. 
Yeah, no, nah, I'm definitely um definitely ready to get back out there. Um, it's been two years, a long two years, just trying to take it day by day and just keep praying for a healthy season, just trusting God and trusting everybody that's around me and the trainers that helped me get ready for the season. Well, I know, you know K-State fans, before you made your decision, was keeping their fingers crossed that Keontae Johnson was going to be coming to K-State and kind of fin- be the exclamation point uh, to the recruiting class. I guess what was that process like with Coach Tang and, and the decision to come to K-State? Um, Coach Tang, I mean, he was, uh, he was at Baylor. He won a ring, so it was like he has experience. And that's another thing. He coached a lot of pros going through Baylor. And in order for me to get to where I want to get to, which is the NBA, I feel like he helped me with that standpoint. Um, he dealt with somebody that had a similar situation I was going through. And it's just just knowing that he, when the first day I came on campus, he told me he wanted to win. He's not trying to rebuild. And that's my main goal. I, I didn't come here trying to rebuild. I wanted to win right off the gate, make the tournament. And I feel like we just both had similar goals coming through this. Would you consider yourself like a, like a stretch four? You're listed as a Ford, yeah. But I felt like you 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 could be more of a stretch four, yeah. Three. three, yeah. I play. I mean, really, like in practice, I've been playing a three, three, two, and the four, just depending okay. on the matchups of who's guarding me or just knowing like who's guard. Sometimes I might be faster than a four, so they put me at a four. Yeah, but I could be positionless. I can guard one through four, so that's another thing that helped me. Why people might think I'm a four as well. Well, you know, coming up here in a couple of weeks, K-State fans will be able to see in an exhibition game, make your debut with the, with the purple on. Um, give us, a, like, a preview of Keontae Johnson, his game, and, and, and what, what you bring to the table pretty much. Um, real gritty, uh, likes to play through contact, uh, finishing. is my one of my strongest games where people might know me as. Um, can shoot a three, catch and shoot, uh, play defense, rebound at a high level. Just trying to bring a winning mentality to the team. Now, I, I've been told by Naquan Tomlin the tunnel dance is coming back, yeah. um, which is a tradition we've been dying to have come back as K-State fans. Are you okay with your dance moves? Do you feel like you're a good dancer? Oh, yeah, I think I'm fine. I mean, Naquan probably the best dancer, but I might put something in there here and there. Well, I mean, does he typically show off for the team? Nah, he'll, do it. he'll dance for you right now if you wanted to. I asked him what his go-to dance move is. I, it's probably better to ask you what does he usually go with. Uh, he just anything like I mean I can't explain like he do something different every time, but you know it's a, the New York dance how they they dance style out there that's what you got so, so. okay well I can't wait to see it. I, I want to jump back though to your uh, to your comeback here um, I guess what was the toughest part about it uh, um, was it just the getting back in shape or just finding a place to go or maybe finding just a coach to, that believed in you or what what was it probably all of them really okay um, just. One, trying to find the right spot, the right coach to give me the opportunity to play, which I did. Then it's like, find, I don't get back in shape. It's like, I've really been going at it for two months, so I'm really still trying to get back in the right shape I needed to be in, just having the right confidence, and then just going through what I was going through, just trying to stay positive and knowing that I'll have the opportunity to play again. It was real big. Well, Keontae, just to wrap up, what, what, are the, uh, what, are, what are the team talk about when it comes to goals? What's the goal for this team? national championship that's what we talk every day um make it to the tournament and win the big 12 you said national championship and it gave me goosebumps yes, sir. Keontae Johnson thank you so much for your time good luck this season appreciate you thank you Keontae Johnson with Mitch Fortner earlier today from big 12 media today I hear you just found the clip of someone asking Jerome Tang if uh, if it was uh, beneficial to K-State that KU won a national title yes 
And I'm so happy we have a coach that's so deft at answering questions <laughs> like that. Just Jerome, you're not going to sneak one past Jerome. No, Bay. no. So no. It's awesome that uh, everyone's getting a look at, wh- at who we hired, and you know, and a reminder that it was a home run. Mm-hmm. This is an absolute home run, and you had him pegged uh, at ten. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to point this out. It was a Kansas City media member who yeah. asked that question. What do you know? Um, plastic hair and all. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so the third of the players that was there today, we'll get to Marquise Noel in the next, uh, in the next hour, but uh, the newcomer that we haven't heard from yet, Naquan Tomlin, sat down with Mitch. You're now one of four players on the team from New York City, but... I'm the public address announcer for K-State, specifically in Harlem. Where are you from? Um, I'm from West Harlem. Uh, well, people, like We don't call it Central Harlem, but it's technically Central Harlem. Like, I live... It, well, is there, is there a specific name? Is it West Harlem or... Yeah, like West Harlem. Is that the name of the neighborhood? Like, like Spanish Harlem? Uh, uh, let's see, what else is there? East Harlem, I think that's yeah. where uh, Ish is from. Yeah. yeah we don't, like... Where I'm from, we don't call it West Harlem. It's okay. just we just Harlem. Other sp- like specific parts, like they would have to say East Harlem or Spanish Harlem, stuff like that. But where I'm just Harlem, it's just Harlem. Yeah. Okay, that's West the way Harlem. I'll announce it then. Uh, you could say West Harlem. You could throw West, West Harlem. In it. Yeah, okay, West it, that's what you want. I, I'll, I'll definitely do that because with Ish, it's East, and and mm-hmm. and uh, Marquis Noel, it's. Uh, Spanish Harlem. That's how I just kind of separate the two. I okay. think it's fun to throw in the neighborhoods yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I once lived in New York City. So going from. Uh, Juco in Florida to Kansas State and playing Power 5 basketball. You haven't played a game yet, but what's been the biggest difference? Uh, most definitely, uh, like, the practices are way, I want to say it's, like, way harder, but definitely, definitely more physical, for sure. Like, definitely more physical. Like, we be battling in practice, going head-to-head, beating each other up. Getting prepared for what we're going to do. Well, what's it been like having now Coach Tang as your coach? Because, I mean, he's brand new to us, too, right. at Kansas State. Um, what kind of coach has he been at practice? Is, is he very intense? Oh, very intense, very passionate. Like, uh, everything that he preaches, you know, is just getting better and winning. You know what I mean? So, Was that a tough decision for you to, to pick K-State at, as, your, as your landing spot for, uh, for Power 5 basketball? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, when they came, like as the as like the recruitment was going on, they had came and uh, visited me when I was back at Chipola in Florida, and we was in the uh, dorm room, and I was just telling them a little bit of my story and like what I was going through and like how I got to where I was, like how I got to where I was at, and like it was real emotional. We was in there crying, all three of us, uh, me, Coach Tang, and uh, Coach Yu. Coach Yurik, we was just all in there crying and stuff like that. So I just knew that this was the place for me. Well, I've, I've, I've watched your film. That's uh, that's how I got to know you a little bit when you decided to be a Wildcat, or really when you jumped on the radar as a recruit. Yes, um, how would you, though, explain your game? I mean, you feel like, a to me, like a guy that can kind of do it all. Uh, yes, sir. I would probably, I'm going to say I'm a three-level scorer. I could score from all three levels. Uh, I could playmate. You know what I mean? I could shoot it pretty good. I know Coach Tang wants to put an emphasis on 
defense. Yes. Yeah, and when you see highlight reels, you don't really see a lot of defense. Right. So how's your defense? My defense is pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, my first Jugo, I average about like seven blocks. I average like five blocks a, a game. game. I average like four or five blocks a game, yeah. <sighs> Whoa. Okay. So we're, we're on a whole nother level in this conversation now. You're, you're, you're serious. Like, I mean, that's, that's an insane number. Five, about five blocks a game. And you, like, that was your first year? That was my first year, yeah. Holy cow. Did you know you were that kind of, I mean, did, were you that way in high school? Were you that insane on the, on the glass? I didn't play high school basketball. You didn't. What's the story there? Uh, just, you know, like growing up in New York City, uh, you know, like outside basketball is like a very big thing out there. So, like, that's mostly what I was getting into. And in high school, like, I wasn't the best of student. So, okay. So, how did, how did you end up getting discovered then as a basketball player? Uh, I just got introduced to the right people, you know, that wanted to help me and, like, looked out for me. And then I was introduced to this man, my whole family. It's like my uncle. He, like, he, got me in the right places got me with like the right people and i ended up going to a prep school for like two months played there in texas strength emotional international went there for two months and then that's when i transferred to the first juco that i went to i i heard it in another interview it's been pretty much confirmed that like the tunnel dance i think you're actually talking to the three mile guys that the tunnel dance is coming back and i heard that you're going to be like the guy that's kind of leading the charge on that yeah most likely Okay, so what's it's not, it hasn't been official that I'm going to be leading it, but okay. most likely, though, most likely. Somebody like me, uh, not to brag, but I'm a decent dancer. <laughs> I have rhythm. I don't really have a go-to dance move. I just kind of do what feels right. Do uh, you have a go-to dance move? Uh, my go-to dance move, I'll probably say. Uh, so in New York City, we got this dance move like we call we get light. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'll probably say again, getting light, getting a little shaky. You know what I mean? Okay, so. I'm sure you've seen the videos of the tunnel dance back in the day. Yes, sir. There's always usually somebody as well um, that would like keep the beat, uh-huh. uh, like banging on the door or something. I remember Jordan Riquez Roberts would do that a lot. Do, do you know if anybody's going to take that role, or maybe just switch up, or or is is that going is that role going to exist? Um, I don't know. I don't know. If somebody does, I'll probably say it'd probably be. Uh, I feel like Keys would do that. Keys, uh, uh, probably Keontae. Maybe if they're not dancing. Well, who's been uh, on the team like the most fun to play against? Who, who's been the biggest challenger? I'll put it that way. Uh, Keontae. Yeah. Keontae Johnson, for sure. How, how, insane, how insanely athletic is he? Oh, he's very athletic. Like, you know, with him going through what he went through uh, and sitting out for two years, like, you wouldn't think he missed the beat. Like, he's like the same, if not better. Well, Naquan, to wrap up, I know uh, the season is right around the corner. Exhibition is in a couple of weeks, I think less than that now. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, how excited are you to be in front of a K-State crowd? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people for that first game because the, the Jerome Tame, Tang hype is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How excited are you to uh, show off what you can do for the first time in front of the Purple? Oh, very excited. Like We had practice yesterday uh, in Bramlage, and I was, just stand, I was just standing there in the gym just looking like, just like, wow, I'm about to really be playing in front of a bunch of people soon. So it's like, that's something that I'm preparing for. Well, I can't wait to announce your name in, in Bramlage on dunks or three-pointers or however you score. I'm going to let the people know that Naquan Tomlin is here to play some awesome basketball. Uh, really appreciate your time, Naquan, you. and good luck this season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Naquan Tomlin with our own Mitch Fortner earlier at Big 12 Media Day. Another Dave G's over here getting pumped up. It just like New York guys just have a 
swag about them. You know, like they just like these guys are like not here to brag and boast. They are so ready. You can tell in their voice. They're ready to go on the court and get some stuff done and just like but also like the the tunnel dance they're ready to bring it back cuz they know how important that is to us. Firing up everybody. Yes. I love it. November first exhibition game. Mm-hmm. November eighth tip off of the season. Wee. So it's not all that far away. I, that's insane. How quickly that's yes. coming up. Yes. I mean, next not next Monday, but the Monday after is Halloween. Yes. And then we're into November. In into November. That's mm-hmm. nuts. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Coming back, we talk about the Chiefs. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, to join us next on the game. Changing up from all of the discussion about basketball as the Big 12 Media Days were in Kansas City today, we're joined by Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, for his bi-weekly visit with us. Mitch, just a quick thought for you regarding basketball. What do you remember about the old Big 8 Media Days? Oh man, um, <laughs> how it was! Uh, you felt like you were just setting up tables on a riverboat, gambling uh, in the 1870s, and all these dudes showed up ready to. It's Norm Stewart and Billy Tubbs. And, I mean, Larry Brown, Johnny Orr. The characters that were involved there were. Uh, it, it was fun and crazy, and leave your guns at the table. Yeah, there wasn't a bad interview in the bunch. Oh, no. No. Uh, this was like the Colorado guy. He was like dry and weird. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I, I forgot about that, but yeah, uh, it's a, that's a great point. Harrington was kind of he didn't fit. Everybody else, it was like, you know, you're at a comedy club or, <laughs> or uh, you know, just watching this great Western movie. Like, well, who invited the guy from like C SPAN in here? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Chiefs coming off of the loss to the Bills on Sunday afternoon. Quite the ball game. Uh, one in which I know that surprised some people in that it was scoreless at the end of one, but really the way that even the Chiefs defense has played, but the Bills defense especially this year, that maybe shouldn't have been much of a surprise to folks. No, I wasn't stunned by it and the fact that it was just a chess match. And I didn't fully appreciate it until I reviewed the uh, video uh, after the game and to see what was going on between uh, these two teams in all four circumstances, meaning Chiefs offense against Bill's defense and then vice versa, uh, just all of the gamesmanship and chess match. It was fascinating. Not only were the two best teams in the NFL, sorry, Philadelphia, um, you're doing great. You got a plus 12 giveaway takeaway. Live off that as long as you can. But these two teams, in just the plan that both teams had, it was it was spectacular. Uh, it didn't come out the way the Chiefs wanted at this time, but you have a feeling you can't wait for the next time. Because really, from a strategic execution standpoint, it just came down to some very fine fiber-like uh uh, tipping of the scale here to decide who won that game. Really, when you look at it in depth, it, it it it's it is the little things, and so many times in the game we get to overlook those if you're not paying all that much attention uh, in watching it on TV. But it's the little things that that do really make a difference. Just even a, a matter of 
a, a first down play that goes for nothing, and then you turn around and and have an interception thrown that ends the game essentially. Well, and the first down efficiency is one of my thesis points of this week. Uh, the Chiefs are just doing it differently this year. Effective, they're number one in the NFL. The Chiefs are in points per game and points uh, production, scoring efficiency at two point nine per drive. That's the best in the league. It's just they're not zooming it down the field seventy yards. Uh, but to do it this way, I, and I gave the analogy last week that the Bills have become the Chiefs of twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. But the Chiefs have become the New England Patriots of, I don't know, 2005 to 2018 uh, in the way they're doing it and how they're doing it. Uh, but first down is has never been more important in the Patrick Mahomes era than this season. And when the Chiefs get productivity on, let's just say, on their 17th in the league and first down efficiency are the Chiefs, but on their scoring drives, if you take their scoring drives out, the Chiefs are third in the NFL. Getting, they're getting about 6.6 yards on the average on first down efficiency on their scoring drives. Um, and the fact that San Francisco is number one in the NFL in first down defense. Mm. But my thesis point here is, Troy, is first things first. And first down is incredibly important uh, to the Chiefs this year, as it is for K-State, and just the way that they play. It sets the tone, and in many ways, it, it's how the team has adjusted without having the stretch plays that they could go to Tyreek Hill for. Yeah, and, and there's still some big plays. And the Chiefs are getting 20-plus plays. It's the 40-plus plays. Now, they got two last week on Yak plays, yards after catch, uh, from Juju Smith-Schuster. But it's like, and the Chiefs have overcome third and 12 and third and 15, but it's just not as prevalent. And, uh, but they're being effective. Uh, the Chiefs are still being effective. You're just going up against a superb uh, Buffalo scheme and personnel. That and the Chiefs were there. I mean, they they had the 20 to 17 lead with six, 7:36 to go and the ball. I mean, it's just like playing just a gut grinding tennis match, and you're up 40-30, and you got served. So, uh, if anything, it was the fact that the Chiefs didn't run the ball great mm-hmm. and they needed to uh, in that game. But again, it came down just to the finest of margins on both sides. Uh, in reviewing that game, but uh, defensively, uh, the Bills have a great scheme and personnel. Now you turn around and it's a matchup with the 49ers, and in looking at them this year, they've been stellar at not letting opponents put up points. That That's the first and foremost thing defensively that they've done. Well, again, perspective here. Going into last week, the Bills and the 49ers were tied. Tied. Mm with the fewest points allowed after five weeks since the 2000 Ravens, which are considered, along with 85 Bears, one of the top two best defensive teams in the modern era. So it gives you an idea of just where San Francisco is. And when you look at them now, even after uh, the 28-point uh, performance that Atlanta put on them last week, they are still first or second in, well, they're the best in total defense, second in rushing defense, Buffalo's better, Second against the pass, they've only allowed four touchdown passes. I'm talking the 49ers here. They're the best, the 49ers, and only allowing ten plus, a fewer 10-plus runs than anybody else. Mentioned first down efficiency. They're the best enforcing three and outs of the 49ers. Second to Buffalo in 20-plus passes allowed, and the best in disallowing 20-plus plays. The Niners are second in total points allowed, just 89 points, and second in uh, having 23 sacks, and they've spread those out. So this is looking at their great card 
and looking at like a co-valedictorian with Buffalo being the other co-valedictorian. How tough is it to face defenses like that in back-to-back weeks in the NFL? Well, it's very tough in, in what you're facing, and not just with personnel but scheme. But honestly, uh, I'll look at it a different way. It's almost like you've worked out to run a, a long endurance race. So the Chiefs, uh, I think, will perform better this week because of what they had to face last week with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, there's a little bit of scar tissue here. And the Chiefs did okay. They just didn't get enough done uh, with the Bills did. A few big plays here or some calls here. Uh, and so I'll be stunned if the Chiefs don't play better this week. They have to protect, and they've got to deal, again, with a terrific front four. Now, depending on the injury report for the 49ers, but you're looking at even if Bosa does not play, they got Ebukam, maybe he won or won't play, but he's the one that wrecked them in the Monday Night Football game back to 54-51 game. Ebukam had the game of his life, a pick six, a 17-yard sack. Um, I mean, there's just other dudes uh, on this San Francisco defense. But I think the fact that the Chiefs played uh, uphill and against such a good defense last week, that will help them this week and send a strange sort of logic. Mitch, we appreciate it every couple of weeks. Look forward to chatting with you again in a couple. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be another um, heck of a challenge here, but I look for the Chiefs to play better this week. Absolutely. Thank you, Mitch. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, again joining us as he does every couple of weeks here on the game. Want to note that the Chiefs and Niners are a 315 kickoff coming up on Sunday afternoon. Coverage to begin with Mitch and the crew starting at 2 o'clock here on News Radio KMAN. Second hour of the game, a shortened hour. We've got K State volleyball on the way at 545, as they're in Norman, Oklahoma tonight. We'll get to a couple more comments from Media Day. The Big 12 Media Day taking place today. We'll hear from K State guard Marquise Noel and Jerome Tang's former boss in the next hour as the game continues after a look at the news to get the 5 o'clock hour underway.